But Genesis chapter 5, I, um, this afternoon I had another message actually prepared. Uh, I do plan on, in a couple weeks, we're going to go ahead and begin uh, a series on the book of First Peter. And I was going to do that tonight, um, but I, I went ahead and changed what I was going to do. So I'd like you to look at Genesis chapter 5 and look here at verses 22 and 23, please. The Bible says, And Enoch walked with God. After that, he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. I'd like to just share about this subject tonight, what it means to walk with God. Because in verse number uh, 24, the Bible says, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not for God took him. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, thank you for uh, this particular evening. Thank you for allowing us to come together. I'm grateful for the Putneys and their work in Columbia. What a tremendous blessing it is to see uh, the labor that is uh, taking place there, the souls that are being saved, and uh, people are being discipled, and now folks are being sent out from the church there to start other churches. And that's really what this is all about. That's, that's why we give towards missions. And um, I just thank you for them. And I pray that, Lord, you'd encourage them, meet their needs while they're here in the States. Pray that you just provide for them in a very special way. And uh, help us, Lord, in these few moments here together. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. It's very interesting. We come to this passage of Scripture in these three verses that I read. And uh, we're given this man's name by the name of Enoch. Now you read through Genesis chapter 5 and, it, and God basically gives a little interlude by giving a whole genealogical record. And we stop with the genealogical record and we begin to explain a little bit about this man Ethan or Enoch. Uh, Ethan, I'm sorry, Ethan just sang, didn't he? But uh, uh, here we have mention of a particular person, had a son. That son grew up, had children, and so on and so forth. But now we're given a little commentary about this man by the name of Enoch. The name Enoch means teacher, initiated, or dedicated. And I would like to say it this way, that Enoch initiated, taught, or showed us what it means to walk with God in this sinful world. Now Adam and Eve, in the first couple chapters here in Genesis right in the Garden of Eden, had perfect fellowship and walked with God until the day that this disobeyed. But Enoch here is now shown to us by his biography. It becomes more descriptive for he now initiates something for us. He shows us something because sin has now been shown in this world. Very interesting, he's the seventh son from Seth. If you recall our study last year when we went through Genesis 1 through 11, it's very interesting. Two different lines are shown. There's the line of Cain, and it shows us a seventh son down from Cain is a man by the name of Lamech. Lamech is a very proud individual. He doesn't reverence God in any way, and he disregards human life. But on the other side, we have the seventh son of Seth. And this appointed son, who is named Enoch, shows us how to live and how to rightly walk with God. Very interesting phrase that is used, Enoch walking with God. 
It came as a result of a new stage in his life, if you will. Here it is, 65 years old. When Methuselah was born to him, he began to seriously walk with God. Now, I don't know about you, but I remember getting saved at 18 years old and going through college and living for God and really learning a lot of things as a born-again Christian, even though I had grown up in a Christian home. But there was something that really hit me when I had children. I thought to myself, I need to be really serious now and really need to be in tune because now I've got more eyes that are looking at me. And here it is, 65 years old, having this child. He begins to walk with God. And he lived lived these years here, which shows us that we ought to walk with God all the days of our life. Now, what an interesting phrase that is given to us in verse number 24. Notice this, Enoch walked with God and he was not. One day, Enoch's all of a sudden found missing. He was translated, taken up. We might even say raptured, if you will. But notice here this walking with God. And I want you to go ahead and do me a favor and hold your place here. Turn to the book of Hebrews because the writer of Hebrews shares some things with us about Enoch, which is interesting, and phrases some things in a way that helps us put all of this together. I want you to notice Hebrews chapter 11. This is the Hall of Faith chapter. And look with me, if you will, beginning at verse number 5. The Bible says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. And then notice verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, the Old Testament passage that we already spoke of, that our text here, does not use the word faith with reference to Enoch. Yet the author of Hebrews knows that God would not have been pleased with Enoch if he had not demonstrated faith. Notice here, the Hebrews writer talks about this, this aspect of pleasing God at the end of verse number five, that he pleased God. We could possibly say this is the translation here of the aspect of Enoch walking with God. Genesis tells us he walked with God. Hebrews commentator says he pleased God. So let's kind of put all this together. Enoch did the following. According to Hebrews, he believed in the existence of God. He believed that God would reward him and bless him diligently. So what did he do? He walked with God. That is, he sought to please him in every aspect of his lives. You know what we need today? We need Christians that are going to decide to please God. They're going to walk with God. And I want to just share with you three guiding principles that I think, very possibly, were part of Enoch's life and should be part of our life. Now, because I changed the message today, I don't have these points on here, so I'll do the best that I can to repeat them. Number one, I want you to notice this first guiding principle, and that is, by faith, we must demonstrate God's love. Now, you're there in Hebrews. I want you to turn over, if you will, a few books to the book of 1 John, and I want you to notice here this 
wonderful book that tells us about the love of God. 1 John chapter number 4, and I want to read verses 8 through 10. The Bible says, 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifest the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us, and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Have you ever considered and really taken time to think through God's love for you and what He did for you at salvation? What a powerful, that's why having the Lord's Supper on a regular basis is so powerful because it's a very crucial time to think about the very love of God. That love of God at Calvary is incredible. 1 John chapter 3, verse number 1, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, Hereby perceive we the love of God. Why? Because He laid down His life for us. Romans chapter 5, verse 5, The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. Romans chapter 5, verse number 8, But God commendeth His love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I'm going to tell you something. There's no way that you can walk with God and demonstrate the love of God unless you have experienced the love of God, and that is at salvation. That day that I got saved, that day that you got saved, you experienced something incredible. And that is that nobody loved you like God loved you. God gave His Son to die on the cross. Now, because of what we've experienced at salvation, guess what God's asking us to do with this world around us? He's asking us to show, to demonstrate that love. Every day as you walk with God, in pleasing Him, you're showing that love. Now, that begins right here in the church house. Sometimes some of the hardest people to love are right in the church house. I mean, truthfully, it's hard to love some people. I don't like that person's personality. I don't like the way this person does this. I don't, this person sat in my seat. I can't believe that they're there. I don't love that person. But truthfully, we're to love people because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. In fact, the verse I read, 1 John 3, 16, Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his love life for us, Notice this, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. So by faith, that's Enoch walking with God by faith. By faith, we must receive God's love and share that love. I challenge you tonight to go through this epistle of 1 John and read some of the verses about how we must love one another. But not only in the church house, but show love to those that are out there. You know, the greatest way that you can show people around you who are unsaved that you love them is to share the good news with them. What a thrill to be able to hear of this church plant there in Columbia and these folks, 30 plus people showing up to go out and spread the good news. You know what? Those are people that love their neighbors. Those are people that love their country. They love people and therefore are sharing the gospel with them. You know, sometimes we think to ourselves, well, you know, I'm going to show somebody I love them. I'm going to give them a gift. I'm going to give them a monetary gift. I'm going to take them out to eat. 
I'm telling you, the greatest way you can show people around here, your neighbors, your unsafe family members, your unsafe friends, is by giving them the gospel. Someone once put it this way, a person cannot come into contact with the living God without being transformed into a loving person. And by faith, you and I need to demonstrate the love of God. Number two, by faith, you and I must accept God's wisdom in our life. By faith, we must accept God's wisdom in our life. Let me give you a verse here. You're welcome to turn to it. I'm just going to read it right away. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 through 9. Here's what the writer says under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You know, God knows all there is about you and me and everything about our life. Psalm 100, verse 3, Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us and not we ourselves. Psalm 139, verses 14 to 18, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee. When I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy books all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more than number in number than the sand." Acts chapter 15, verse 18, known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. Psalm 147, verse 4, he telleth the number of the stars, he calleth them all by by their names. You and I need to recognize today that God is an all-knowing, a wise God. He knows everything about you. He knows that trial you're going through. He knows that difficulty that you're facing. He understands every ramification of that decision that you need to make. He understands the loneliness that you feel. He knows everything, and by faith it is imperative if you're going to walk with God, you accept His wisdom, not yours. You know, I love the verse, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. But sometimes we kind of lose sight of the next part of the verse. Lean not unto thine own understanding. You know, sometimes we reverse that. We lean our own understanding, and when we fall, we say, God, I need your help. Would you pick me up? Oh, I want to tell you something. It's imperative that we trust God because he's an all-knowing God. Recognize that in your life, whatever's going to happen this week, some of you may receive a phone call of some bad news this week. Some of you may have something that may transpire in your life that takes you by surprise, but I want to tell you, it may take you by surprise, but it won't take God by surprise. God knows everything, and therefore, if I'm going to be a man or a woman who walks with God, then it's important that by faith I accept God's wisdom in my life. God's not guessing about your life. God's not kind of looking through the cards and saying, well, I I hope this works out for you. I want to tell you, God knows about every circumstance. He does everything well. And so we ought to accept his wisdom. Principle number three, by faith, 
we must accept the holiness of God for living. You're in 1 John. I want you to just turn over, if you will, to the book of 1 Peter, chapter number 1. And I want to read just a couple of verses from this chapter. 1 Peter, chapter number 1, beginning at verse number 13. The Bible says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ, as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy." Notice those words, because it is written. This is a quote here of an Old Testament passage. And I really believe that far too many Christians are not walking with God as they ought to because they've got a lost view of God. We have a view of God that doesn't line up with Scripture. We have a view of God that just treats him as this old grandfather sitting in a rocking chair in heaven and just kind of, you know, doling out some grace and doing certain things. But I want to tell you something. While God is a God of love and of mercy and of grace, I want to remind you that God is a holy God. He's a righteous God. He will judge sin. And far too many Christians will accept this aspect of, all right, I need the wisdom of God. And I have the love of God. It's been shown to me at salvation. And I'm going to demonstrate to other people. But throughout a given week, many people are living for this world. They name Christ as their Savior. They know their names written in the Lamb's book of life. But yet they're living for themselves. They're living for this world. Can I remind you here today, it is imperative that we follow what 1 Peter says, because it is written, be ye holy, God says, even as I am holy. What does it mean to be holy? Well, God is separate. He's separate from sin. It's amazing when Satan, Lucifer that is, as it is recorded in the Old Testament, had disobeyed and had committed that sin of really exalting himself and that pride. God could not allow sin to be heaven. Because of God's holiness, he had to kick Satan out of heaven. It's important for us to understand that as we're around people who may be acting certain ways, saying certain things, that we allow ourselves that time to separate ourselves from that which is unholy. I understand the fact we live in this world. We're caught up in some of the things and we see things sometimes that we can't avoid not seeing. We, we hear things. We're around certain things. But I'm going to encourage you in your life as you walk with God, determine to live holy. How does that happen? Stay in the Word of God. Note what he calls sin. Note what that is that he calls good. Follow that which is good. Associate yourselves with those who are going to lead you in the path of righteousness and are not going to lead you down the fallen path. So tonight I want to remind you here that if you're going to be like a man like Enoch, I like this about Enoch. I think God just saw in Enoch a man who is so walking with him that he said, you know what, it would be better if you just come on up here. I love that. Enoch walked with God. And I believe like Enoch, a man who had faith, he had faith in the fact that God loved him and he wanted to demonstrate that love. 
He was a man who had faith in the wisdom of God and therefore wanted to accept that in his life and make sure that he didn't follow his wisdom but God's wisdom. And By faith he walked with God. He accepted the holiness of God for his life. And he walked with God in that way. How about you tonight? You showing the love of God to other people? When's the last time you've taken time to give a gospel tract to somebody? When's the last time you've been with us and our soul winning to knock on a door or at least to give some door hangers to let your neighbors know that you love them, that Jesus loves them? I'll tell you, walking with God means that you're going to love other people around you. It means that you're going to accept that wisdom of God. I know you're going through some tough times. I know there's some things that are happening in your life. But show that love for God. By faith, accept the holiness of God for living. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for allowing us to be able to share about this man, Enoch. What a powerful, powerful testimony he had in showing to us what it meant to walk with God. I pray that Calvary Baptists and the people that are associated with this church would people who truly walk with God, have a life that is pleasing before you. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed here tonight, you say, Preacher, I, I need to have a life that is pleasing unto God. I want to make sure that I'm walking with Him, that I am accepting the wisdom of God, I'm demonstrating the love of God, I'm accepting the holiness of God in my life or whatever it is that God has spoken to you about you know tonight your life is not pleasing in a particular area and right now the Holy Spirit's pinpointing that I want to encourage you tonight every time there's preaching available and the Holy Spirit begins pinpointing an area in your life you deal with it and make sure that it gets right tonight is there something God has dealt with you about why don't you come to this altar tonight why don't you settle some things with the Lord and make sure that you're a person like Enoch who walked with God. What a testimony. Out of all the people in Genesis chapter 5 that were listed, he takes three verses and just gives us a little snapshot and says, here's something special about this man. He walked with God. He pleased God. Let's stand to our feet together. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to build a share together i pray that you'd bless our invitation time that lord you do a mighty work in our midst that people would yield themselves to the holy spirit and his work and we pray this in jesus precious name amen